Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. We hope and pray that this is a very special day for you. Thank you for your love and teaching, the great example that you set. We're so thankful for you. Hope this is a very special day for you, that you have the opportunity to spend time with family and friends. And my prayer is that God will bless you with many more years of service in His kingdom and that you can continue to be a light in this world. As I look around and see all the beautiful ladies that are here today, I think about how you light up this room, and I have no doubt you light up the world. And so thank you. We're going to be talking today about women of God. And what I want us to do is look at five different ladies and note how they impacted the world in which they were living. One of the things that really stands out as you read Scripture, there were many, many people that made a difference in the world in which they lived. They were difference makers. Those of you that are mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, I trust that you have made a difference in this world. There's some statements made about various ladies in Scripture that remind us of how God feels about women. They are indeed the crown of His creation. They are, as Adam said in the long ago, bone of His bones and flesh of His flesh. So what we want to do in our study today is to just think for a moment or two about women of God. And I want to encourage you to explore with me the lives of these virtuous women. And I go back to Proverbs chapter 31. The writer there raises the question, who can find a virtuous woman? The response, her price is far above rubies. If you are a godly woman, then the world has been blessed by your presence. The world is blessed by your example. The traits that we're going to be talking about really are found in the lives of a lot of women that we read about in Scripture. I want to begin our study by first and foremost talking about women of faith. I'll direct your attention to 2 Timothy chapter 1. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul is writing to Timothy, and Timothy was his own son in the faith. As Paul wrote to Timothy in his second and final letter, he talked about the genuine faith that dwelt in Timothy. But he said it first dwelt in Timothy's grandmother, a lady by the name of Lois, and then in his own mother, a woman by the name of Eunice. Paul went on to say, and I am persuaded in you also. Paul here commending the faith of young Timothy. And Timothy had a godly mother and grandmother. And so as I read this particular chapter, what stands out to me, here we have some people of faith. Now you remember the Hebrew writer said in the long ago, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen as yet. Faith is what gives substance and reality to things not seen. These ladies were striving to the best of their ability to walk by faith and not by sight. 
Today, the world needs strong women of faith. There's an old maxim that's been around for a long time. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Women of faith have the opportunity, the ability, the privilege of making a difference in this world. Not just in how they live, but in the lives of their children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. These ladies were people of faith, but more importantly, not only were they people of faith, but the Bible tells us they passed on their faith as a mother or grandmother. You have the opportunity to impact the lives of your children for good. It's one thing to be a person of faith, but then to take that faith and to share it with your children. Your children are going to know something about Jesus by how you live. They're going to know something about Jesus by the great example you set in the home and as you go about your daily activities. When Paul again wrote to Timothy over in chapter 3, you remember in verse 15 he said, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So here was a mother and grandmother that had laid a foundation in the life of Timothy. A foundation of faith. Now you remember Moses back in Deuteronomy chapter 6 said to the children of Israel, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. He went on to say, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. When you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. And the idea is that you're going to take your child and begin molding and making that child a person of faith. By what means? By the word of God. To those of you who are mothers and grandmothers today that have tried to the best of your ability to pass on your faith, I commend you. Thank you. The world today needs women of faith. We need people like Lois and Eunice. And we need children like Timothy who became a great example of the faith to those who were about him. In word and deed. So again, women of faith. There's a second passage I want to share with you. First, we talk about women of faith, but then secondly, women of foresight. I want to go back to the Old Testament for a minute and look at 1 Samuel. There's a lady that is spoken of in 1 Samuel by the name of Hannah. The Bible tells us that Hannah was barren. She was childless. She wanted a child. And I suspect that there have been a lot of potential mothers in the world today that have wanted to have children, but for whatever reason were unable to do so. This woman wanted a child. And so what the Bible tells us, she appealed to God. She prayed to the Lord. She fervently prayed for this child. And the Bible tells us that God granted her petition. Now that says something about Almighty God, doesn't it? 
You remember Peter said in the long ago, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. It might be the case that sometimes we feel like our prayers fall on deaf ears, but that's not the case when it comes to God. God hears our prayers and answers accordingly, according to his will. But as you look at Hannah, she is praying to Almighty God and God answered her prayer and gave her a child. And so Hannah makes a statement that in many ways is remarkable. Now we talk about foresight, having the ability to look down the road. What was her aim? What was it that Hannah wanted above all else? Number one, she wanted a child. Number two, She said, as long as this child lives, he's going to be granted to the Lord. What she was saying in effect was, Lord, as long as this boy is living, I'm giving him into your service, into your hands. The Bible tells us over in chapter 2 that Samuel grew in stature and in favor both with the Lord and man. And you can read about Samuel as he is trained or tutored by Eli. What stands out to me about Samuel, he became a remarkable prophet. Matter of fact, Samuel became a tremendous servant of Almighty God. So what's the application to us? We want children. God blesses us with Wonderful children, made in the image and the likeness of God, bone of our bones, flesh of our flesh. What would it be today? What would it take today for women to see their children serve the Lord? Well, first and foremost, they have to be women of faith. And then to have the foresight to say, you know what, I want my son or my daughter to be faithful to God one day. There are a lot of mothers in the world today that have seen their children excel academically. And no doubt, great pride to see a child that advances intellectually. Sometimes we see our children excel athletically. And again, that's a great blessing. It's great to see our children do well on the baseball field or in football or whatever their chosen sport. But when it's all said and done, to fervently pray that our children will put God first in their life. That they'll realize the importance of spiritual things. Let me tell you what. Go back to that old maxim, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. The young people that are here today, some very young, some growing, teenage years and on, they are the future of the church, aren't they? Wouldn't it be great if mothers today prayed fervently to God that their sons would serve one day as a Bible class teacher, Or maybe to serve in the capacity of an elder, deacon, to preach. To be a fervent, dedicated servant of Almighty God. 
And then to pray for a daughter. A daughter that would demonstrate the virtues of Proverbs chapter 31. Someone who recognizes the value of serving God and living for God. What was it the writer said? A woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Mothers today have the ability to take those children. And children are like sponges, like a piece of clay or putty. And they can begin molding and making that child into a productive servant in the kingdom of God. Hannah had great foresight. We need women today with foresight. Do we need women of faith? Yes, we do. But then there's a third example I want to share with you. This is found over in the book of Luke in chapter 10. And here we're talking about a lady by the name of Mary. The Bible tells us she had a sister by the name of Martha. Martha welcomed the Lord Jesus Christ into her home. Now, can you imagine having a house guest like Jesus? You know, there are some dignitaries in our world that maybe we would be honored if they came and visited us in our home. But here's a lady that invited Jesus into her home. And the Bible tells us that her sister, Mary, sat at his feet and heard his word. Luke tells us that Martha was busy serving. And as she saw her sister, Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus... She turned to the Lord and made a request. She said, Lord, tell her to help me. I can understand that. You know, she's trying to be hospitable and she's trying to get things ready for the Lord. Maybe maybe she's doing a lot of things to make him feel at home. And she's hustling and bustling about. And Mary's over here sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to what he had to say. And she wants Mary to get up from listening to the Lord and help her. I just hear Jesus saying, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. That's the case with a lot of people today, isn't it? You know, sometimes we're not as focused as we ought to be. So here's a woman who is focused. The woman's name, of course, is Mary. And so Jesus said to Martha, you're worried, troubled about many things, but Mary has chosen that good part that shall not be taken from her. What are you saying, Lord? Here's a lady that, from my vantage point, was interested in spiritual things. Now, there are a lot of responsibilities in the home. And I admire admire mothers, their hard work, their tenacity. They're constantly doing something to make home life better. But Mary realized, look, this is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I've got the Lord here. He's in my presence And I can sit down and listen to what he has to say. 
She was interested in spiritual things, wasn't she? Not just interested, but she invested in spiritual things. Well, how so? She could have been up serving as Martha was. She might have been busying herself with a lot of other things, but she realized the master teacher is here, the Son of God. And he is in my presence, and I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to listen to every word he has to say. Why would she do that? Because I think she understood something about Jesus. You remember in John chapter 6 when the disciples were walking away from the Lord? Jesus then turned to the twelve and asked them, Will you also go away? And Peter spoke up and Peter said to Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? For you have the words of life eternal. Mary is sitting at the feet of the one who had the words of life eternal. In the home, when you pick this book up and you read it, and your children see you reading and studying from the Word of God, maybe in the evening when you have a devotional with them, and you talk about what the Bible has to say about life, what's really important in life, Let me tell you what, when you do that, you're investing in the future. So to be interested in spiritual things and then to invest in those spiritual things. Do you remember the psalmist in the long ago talked about how he meditated on the law of Jehovah day and night? And you recall in Psalm 119, 97, when the psalmist said, Oh, how I love your law, it's my meditation all the day. Now the psalmist there is talking about his tremendous love for the Word of God. And if you want to grow spiritually and maintain focus or aim in life, the best way to do that, read this book. And read this book to your children. Because this book has the words of eternal life. When Timothy sat at the feet of his mother and grandmother and they schooled him in the Scriptures, Paul said it had the ability, the Scriptures had the ability to make them wise unto salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now you want to talk about impacting your child for good and making a difference in his life or her life. This book will do it. And you have the opportunity to provide guidance. You can be a teacher in the home. You remember Paul said in the long ago that we are to rear our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. In our home, everything ought to revolve around the Lord. What was it Jesus said in the long ago? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you, Matthew 6, 33. Or what about when Paul said to the church at Colossae, talking about Christ, he said, For Christ who is our life. As a mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, do your children see you putting the Lord first? 
Do they see somebody who is genuinely interested in spiritual things? Can they see in you someone who is investing in spiritual things? Look, when it's all said and done, we're going to leave this world. I'd like to believe that I can impact this world for good. I'd like to think that I could make a difference at least in the life of one person. As a mother, you have the opportunity to be an influence in your home, your son, your daughter, your children can be impacted for good. One day when we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not going to matter how successful we were in the realm of academics. It's not going to matter whether or not we were the CEO of some great corporation. It's not going to matter whether or not we were a Hall of Fame athlete, but I can tell you what, it will matter whether or not we belong to the Lord. That's what will make a difference. So, women of focus. And then, there's a, another lady I want to introduce you to, and this takes us to the book of Esther. Women of fortitude. You remember the story of Esther? We don't have time to go into the, to the details. But there was a fellow that had gotten the king to make a law that would impact the Jewish population. In other words, the intent was to destroy, annihilate the Jewish people. So word comes to Queen Esther, and Esther is the queen in the Persian Empire. They're in Susa or Shushan which was the administrative capital of the Persian Empire. The Bible tells us that her cousin Mordecai sent word to her that the Jewish people were being threatened with extermination. Mordecai's plea to her was, I need you, we need you to intervene on behalf of our people. In other words, you need to go to the king your husband, and in some way or another, spare our lives. Well, in that day and time, there was uh, those who were in royalty. In order for people to come into their presence, they had to extend their scepter. And no doubt this would have been a preventative Clause in the event someone tried to assassinate them or hurt them. But she said, look, for 30 days the king has not extended his scepter to me. And Mordecai said to her in the long ago, he said, look, if you remain completely silent, relief and deliverance will come from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. In other words, if you don't stand up, you're going to die. And not just you, but your family. And so Esther demonstrates tremendous courage. 
that courage was buttressed by her conviction in Almighty God. The Bible tells us that she sent word to gather the Jews together. And she said, I want you to be fasting night and day for three days. And I likewise will fast. At the end of the three days, she said, I'm going to be willing to go in the presence of the king, whether or not he extends his scepter. But behind all of that, you remember what Mordecai said to her? Through a spokesman? Who knows whether you're come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Providentially, Mordecai was saying, look, this may be your golden hour. This is a time when you can shine as a light for God amidst pagan people. She had a lot of courage. When I look around in the world today, particularly in this country, it bothers me some of the things that I see and hear. And I think about parents, mothers and fathers that are rearing children, some young, some not so young. But the courage to rear your children in the Lord amidst a world of darkness. In a day and time when many people are selling out, not interested in spiritual things, not interested in the God of the Bible, but you in your home are a light for God. And to have the courage and the conviction to deal with some of the issues that our children are facing in this day and time in a very kind, loving, and methodical way to deal with some of the real issues that they're going to face in this world. And there are a lot of them. But they need to see you as a pillar of strength. Somebody who has the courage and the conviction to navigate through the darkness, using the light of God's Word, and trying to live in such a way so that one day you get to go, go home to be with God, and your children do. Women of fortitude. Esther was a great, great servant of God. It may be that you'll never have the acclaim of an Esther or some of the other women that we've looked at today, but I can tell you this, you have made a difference and you are making a difference. You can change the landscape of this nation by living a godly life. I'm here to tell you today, we need godly women. We really do. We need godly women who are God-fearing women, who want to live in such a way so that they can make a difference. So I say to you today, thank you for who you are, for whose you are, and for making a difference. It might be that you're here today and you're not a Christian. You've never obeyed the gospel of Christ, and I would encourage you to think about putting your faith in God in action. Obey the gospel. 
You remember Paul in the long ago as he stood before those people in Athens. He said, the times of ignorance God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. There'll come a day when we stand before God. Today, He can be our Savior. Tomorrow, He'll be our judge. So if you'll take your faith and put that into action through repentance, be baptized into Christ, immersed in a watery grave of baptism. When you come up out of that water, all of your sins have been washed away. You've been forgiven. That's what Peter said on Pentecost Day, Acts 2, verse 38. God puts you in the church. That's the house of the saved, Ephesians 5, 23. And then to impact the world for good through that new life in Christ Jesus. Where's it begin? In the home. It might be that you're here today and maybe your life's not what it ought to be. Maybe you want to try to somehow get back on track. And you would like us to pray with you and for you with the understanding that God will abundantly pardon. You can enjoy fellowship with Him and His people and you can enjoy all the rich blessings that are in Christ. I want to encourage you today, please come as we stand and sing.